Hey, Malik. What? I just thought of something funnier than 24. W- what is it? 25. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the third official episode of Boop. It's a podcast. Whoa. Spooky. It's scary. I'm so scared. I am so freaking startled right now. <laughs> yeah, you it's know like what? that episode of South Park with the yeah, giant guinea pigs. I am so startled. startled. Yeah. <laughs> I love the TikTok trend when like it's like when cringe people try to like be intimidating and then like the people like will have like a whiteboard with like um, t- with uh, shivers timbered, and they'll like check off like my shivers, my timbers, have, my shivers have been timbered. My timbers, my your timbers, timbers have been shivered. Yeah, like that. it's, just, it's 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 really good. Jimmy's rustled. <laughs> my Jimmy's have been rustled. I love the ones I sent you. Like I sent you two recently. Like the guy who would just like stare at the camera when like at cringe. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's the way he just looks like. Mm. <laughs> so good. But yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, uh, we kind of started off a little weird there, but I'm Tyler, and I'm uh, I'm joined as always by Malik. Who am I? Where am I? What am I? What is this? <laughs> I just, I don't know anymore. <laughs> Please, I'm trapped inside my mind. Help me! Help me! <laughs> <laughs> so you know we're on our just third gloss episode. over that. Wow. <laughs> Just don't even acknowledge it. Just, just go just pretend like that didn't happen. It's like I said last week. I know you're fine, so it's like... Do you? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Do you? Yeah. Do you, yeah. though? Okay. <laughs> I'll keep this going all podcast. <laughs> That's, yeah, it's just an hour of that. Like, enjoy your enjoy your listening time, people. Yeah. But yeah, we're on our third official episode of Boo It's a Podcast, so yeah. I just want to ask you, how, how's your Halloween month going? Eh, it's alright, you know, reading here and there, playing some, playing some games, watching some horror. Uh, it's, 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 it's pretty chill. Yeah, I'm, I'm there with you, man. Having watched like a bunch of horror movies this past month is really, really getting me going this fall. And it, the, wa- the weather's getting colder now, so it's like, you know, it's yeah. really starting to hit and it's really starting to feel like fall, man. I'm loving it. I, I, I lo- one thing I liked about this Halloween season is that I'm uh, I so I watch um a show called My Hero Academia, which is an anime that people know about, and uh, literally I was I I felt I I like fell off of it for a little while, mm-hmm. but uh, I caught up. But as I caught up and I, as Halloween hit, they literally did an entire arc from the point of view of the supervillains. I'm like, oh, this is really cool and very fitting for like the time. You know, literally October just hit, and now I have a whole arc just from the point of view of the villains and just about the villains. And it's literally, they really re- they literally renamed the episode My Villain Academia. I'm like, oh, oh that's shit. really cool. I'm like, awesome. Let's go. I fucking I just watched uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre last night, the first nice. one. Dude, for a 70s horror movie, that movie is. Is horrific. Like mm-hmm. I don't think I've ever seen the Texas Chainsaw. Oh my god, before. dude! It's like I've it's slow clips. getting into it because it's like the build up of the teens getting to like where they need to be and stuff like that. But once they get into Leatherface's house, man, that's where shit really starts hitting the fan because like that's when he starts killing. Obviously, mm-hmm. spoilers to anybody who hasn't seen it yet. 
but like it really starts to hit like badly once the last girl who's alive uh she runs away from Leatherface and she goes all the way to the gas station that they hit uh previously in the movie mm-hmm. and the guy who works at the gas station is working with Leatherface he knocks her out and brings him brings her back and they fucking just literally psychologically torture this fucking woman and it is Bad. Jesus Christ! Like, House, House of a Thousand Corpses is the same twist, where you make you think, "Oh no!" Like the guy at the beginning, beginning is cool, but nope, surprise, he's with them the whole time. Yeah, and they take her back to like the the, the murder house. Yeah, they, uh, I really I, think I, Rob Zombie drew inspiration from the original Texas Chainsaw Ma- Massacre. Yeah, House well, of a Thousand Corpses. You can ne- you can definitely see, and I really do. I'm like, God, I really love the House of a Thousand Corpses. I was literally saying to Tim last night because he was watching it with me. I'm like, dude, like, because like I've seen it before, and I'm like, yeah, I'm pretty sure this chick escapes, but like, how do you come back from that mentally? Yeah. And he's like, you don't. And I'm like, yeah, no, you definitely do not. Is is Texas the first one? Is that the one where like Leatherface has the chainsaw to like her thigh and like? She has to like talk him down or something. No, so the first one is just a brutal like massacre of all of her friends, and she's the only one left. And they invite okay. her. They in in quote unquote invite her to dinner. Um, and they bring down like their grandfather, who's damn near a fucking corpse, and like they cut her finger, and he starts sucking the blood from the finger and shit. Yeah. And then just like she's sitting there screaming, her eyes are rolling in the back of her head the whole time. Like they're sitting around psychotically arguing with each other. Leatherface has a mask on with a bunch of makeup now, like trying to be like he's like a mom or something. And it's just like, man, dude, the psychological torture that goes on in that movie is just incredible. It's Content. such a good movie. Content warning for some of our more squeamish viewers. Yikes! Yeah, I forgot to I forgot to say that. There's um, yeah. there's a bit where like they they want the grandfather to do the kill, and they like the gas station attendants like, oh, don't worry, grandpa. You know, you won't feel a thing. Grandpa will take grandpa will take you out in one go. And they keep putting the hammer in his hands and like trying to like Leatherface keeps putting the hammer in his hand, trying to like throw his hand down so that she'll hit so that he'll hit her on the head with the hammer and he keeps Mm -hmm. missing and then he gets like i think like one or two hits on her head but like it's bad by the end of the movie she is in the back of a truck just psych a lot like meant like mentally destroyed just fucking maniacally laughing and leatherface is just dancing around with a fucking chainsaw it's actually really funny (laughs) yeah i know a scene i've seen that scene before like the leatherface is like fucking dancing around yeah he's just dancing with a chainsaw in his hands I I remember they added Leatherface to Mortal Kombat X as a uh, as a playable character. So I actually I liked Mortal Kombat X DLC because it was just all the guest fighters were like horror movie slash horror movie villains. Yeah, and I thought that was like a really cool like thing because you had you had Jason, you had Leatherface, you had Predator, and you had Alien. I thought, wow, that's like the no brainer. Let's have the horror icons be the like the 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 guest fighters in uh, Mortal Kombat. Yeah. It's um, it's funny that you brought up villains because I know you wanted to discuss villains on this episode. Yes, I thought that'd be a actually. great thing. I thought that'd be a great thing to do for like the Holly Aaron's discuss our favorite villains from all across media. Yeah, I think I think that's a great idea. I mean, like everybody yeah. knows that you know villains are horrifying. You know, yeah, a lot they, of them they, they, they do they, a they, lot they, of bad things. They, they just they, they genocide. They commit genocide. I'll they, say they can, they can be horrifying. You know, there's 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 villains here and there that are more so like funny. You know, like oh like, yeah, like Hux, Huxley from fucking uh, Elmo and Grouchland isn't horrifying. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a, what a villain to start off with Huxley from <laughs> from uh, from uh, um fucking uh, Elmo and Grouchland. Yeah, I see one. I was thinking about that we could probably start with is uh, is uh, Biff. Man, Biff just like starts off as like your average bully. No, he's just worse. 
than your average bully. Oh, yeah. He's a genuine monster. Yeah, he's 100% a monster in that movie. Like, I mean, like, to commit, like, he's basically forcing Lorraine to, you know, do the deal. Yeah, do, he's forcing himself on good. the. Yeah, forcing himself on Lorraine. And then, like, and then it gets even worse in, like, Back to Future 2, where, like, he's, like, he's, he murders George. Forces Lorraine to marry her, like emotionally and physically abuses her, yeah. and like make ter- turns the whole town to a shit show. Uh, is like just beats the shit out of Marty. Has like his goon squad. You're like, whoa. I think I think you said it too. Like Biff isn't even like a good jock or like anything. He's just an asshole. Yeah, I, I was just about <laughs> to bring that up. The thing is, is that Biff. It's like when I think I talked about this in the podcast before. But when it comes to '80s villains, I think like Teen Titans Go pretty much summed it up by saying like, you know, you got your jock jerks, you got your rich jerks, you got your karate jerks, you got your like a whole bunch of different types of jerks, but like. Biff doesn't fall in any of those categories. He's just a straggler in the movies. <laughs> like he's he's just he doesn't really have a crowd other than the people that follow him for bullying purposes, but like he's just an asshole. I remember <laughs> I, I remember we were watching it on the um the Back to the Future Two and like there was the one where like the, the kid had the ball and like he walks past get the ball and he throws and you and you literally oh you're one chance to do just one nice thing. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. <laughs> I th- that's what I thought when I first saw that scene. I was like, oh, look at Biff. He's got the ball with the kids. He's like joking around with them saying like, what ball? What ball? And then he just fucking throws it on the roof. And I'm like, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it was only a matter of time. Yeah, Biff, Biff is a good, but Biff is great because like, again, he has great, he's, he's just a fun like, physical presence of the villain too because he's yeah. like you know he beats the shit out of marty he has like the shootout like the shoot like the stare down shootout do you count mad dog Buford tannen as well or just like are we sticking with just biff well yeah because the thing is is that when you come to biff's family lineage in back to the future it's always the same scenes over and over again in 1955 you know there's the scene where he like where biff stands up and he's taller than marty and marty's yeah. like oh he's a tall dude but he still gets the edge on him by telling him to look like you know look over there um then you got back to the future 2 with griff his grandson where yeah first off who like, made he's... it with biff First off, like that's he, what I want to know. He's just like he—he's just like a giant psychopath, like a lot more yeah. like homicidal than Biff. I would assume because he's just like he's got the cybernetic parts and everything. Mm-hmm. He's like he's more like oh, make fly. There's a wire, I'm like, there's a wire loose. He's it said uh, the doc said it best when he said there was a few short circuits in his wiring. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, the uh, like the the voice got me because he's just like it's just the actor going make fly. <laughs> Like yeah, with Back to the Future, it's always the same re- repeated scene because you got that scene from 1955. In 2005, you have the scene with Griff where Marty stands up to Griff and Griff is once again taller than Marty is and he tells him to look and he goes to swipe at him. The only thing is, is that Griff knew this time and fucking caught his hand. And then, like, same deal for Buford Mad Dog Tan in the exact same scene. Marty stands up to him, and Biff is taller than him. Like, again, he's, like, got that menacing, like, aura about him. And he's, like, it's the, it's literally the same thing over and over again. Gotcha. Only with Back to the Future 3, the only difference is instead of escaping and, like, you know, riding a skateboard or hoverboard, he actually gets tied up and they drag him along with, the, with horses. <laughs> I was trying to think what else, uh, what what like what other like villains we could like capture. Like again, like I I always get like I, this is a bit of a debate, but like last three, but like there's also Jurassic Park, the Raptors, and the T Rex, man. Yeah. I I as a kid, 
I, I, growing up as a kid with Jurassic Park, I thought Velociraptors would be much more of a problem growing up. <laughs> and then I realized, then I realized, oh, they're dead. Okay, because <laughs> they like they tear like that kitchen scene traumatized me as a kid. I was like, oh, oh, they smart. Oh, they can open door. Oh no! Yeah, the thing is, you look at raptors in Jurassic Park, and raptors are intelligent animals, like they were in Jurassic Park, like back in the de- back, you know, in the di- in the back in the time Dinosaur. of dinosaurs. Yeah, the age of dinosaurs. Um, I don't know exactly what period they were in. Don't like, I'm not gonna fall under that category, but like, um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know either. <laughs> you know, these were these were smart animals. These were animals that were like, you know, it's like you said, they can open doors. They knew to flank. They knew yes, to all like the doors back then. Yeah, <laughs> they knew to like they they like they knew to split up when needed to when they needed to in order to get gate advantage on one person. Like it's it's horrifying, you know, when do, you got something like that. Do you know who originally was slated to play the role of Doctor Alan Grant? Who? Uh, Harrison Ford. Oh, really? That would have been interesting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like Harrison Ford would have fucking just gone to a fist fight at the rap. He's like, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Pulls a gun on the kid in the start. Like, nah. Like, you insult the raptors. That. I always no. love that bit of Mark Hamill on a talk show. And he was talking about, he was trying to make sense of how Star Wars is. And then, uh, what would you call it? Harrison, he does an impression of Harrison Ford. And he's just like, listen, kid, it ain't that kind of movie. <laughs> 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 but he does the perfect mark. He does the perfect like uh, Harrison Ford impression, and he just says that line. It kills me every time. <laughs> uh, I know a lot of the um, uh, a lot of the um, dinosaurs in Jurassic Park also has like they have names. Like the main one, the main antagonist of Jurassic Park, it's Rexy, who is the big, who's the T Rex that we yeah. follow. And then there's um the the raptor, the raptor, the leader. She's just called the big one. Like, well, I yeah. find that funny. She's just called the and big obviously one. Obviously, these are all nicknames given by the fans of the movie. Of I course. think some of them are, like, actually, like, like official, like, in some places. Like, well, yeah, I, I think... think they're fan nicknames that became official. Yeah. That's what like, I'm saying. Um, the Indoraptor is named, uh, was named Ripper by the fan base. I know that one. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if the Indominus Rex had a name. I don't think so. <laughs> the Indominus, the Indominus Rex, I thought was a pretty good antagonist too, because like it's like it's hunting for sport and all the dead, suffering brachiosauruses. You're like Jesus Christ. The thing is, is that when you're such a huge hell. fan of Jurassic Park and you go and watching Jurassic World for the first time, because this exactly happened to me, that's why I'm bringing it up. But mm-hmm. like when you go into Jurassic World for the first time, you're sitting there and you're watching. Like you've seen Jurassic Park hundreds of times. You watch. You went to go see the 3D movie because it came out before Jurassic World. I did that. Um, like it, it's just like you, you're watching the movie and you see the way the Indo the Indominus Rex works, and you're like, you come you come to a point in the movie where you're like, that thing's a fucking raptor. Or it's part raptor. <laughs> and then all of a sudden the plot comes up and it's just like, you know, Chris that Pratt thing. says that it's part raptor. And yeah, I was like, I fucking knew raptor. it. <laughs> like, that thing's part raptor. Like, I called that hell? way before they, way before he uh, revealed it. <laughs> yeah. I'm I like, th- that I thing's thought... too smart to be just a T-Rex. Yeah. I thought, I thought that was funny too. I, I, I liked the, I liked the fact that it pretended to be gone so that they opened the doors. Like, all right, I'm back. I'm here. I'm, sorry, I'm here. It's like, what the fuck? Exactly. That That's where I started getting sketched out. I'm like, that thing is really fucking smart. Yeah. Like, <laughs> to do and something it, like that. Yeah, just, and just the fact that it hunted for sport still got me. Like, bro, that's, that's fucking creepy. It is. Yeah. Um, 
trying to think any other like the spinosaurus was just broken in jurassic park 3 nothing because i think though that they they actually explained that that the that that spinosaurus specifically was genetically enhanced in jurassic park 3 like it wasn't like a regular spinosaurus like engine actually like well yeah because the t-rex could actually legitimately fuck up a spinosaurus yeah but like i was i just find it funny that that thing just like would not get they don't even be it doesn't even die it's like it just runs away from the fire yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's like the see i like the velociraptor scene next velociraptor is like bro give us our baby back (laughs) we want our baby we just want our fucking eggs man like we we don't we don't want to fucking bother you here we're not trying to hunt you we're not trying to eat you we just want our fucking eggs they they i mean they do kill mr noodle well yeah (laughs) they kill him um what's his name udesky or something in that movie wait that guy was mr noodle in elmo's world i think so definitely i I always thought he looked familiar let me let me double check this entertain the people who i double check this yeah so uh, i want to make a special shout out to another villain um because it just popped up on the tv i have it muted here but yeah you can't you can't not talk about psychotic villains without talking about joker Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. Like, Joker, like, what was promoted was Batman The Long Halloween's going to be playing on Toonami this weekend. But, like, um, the like Joker, man, he one of the most psychotic villains ever, you know? Just one, just one of the iconic villains. I love in um uh, the Batman, the Lego Batman movie. Um, yes, he was Mr. Noodle. And Mr. Noodle got his fucking ear That's eaten off. That's fucking amazing. So, th- 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 we're going to go back to the I love that the Raptors leave him half alive so that he'll move, and they think, oh, we need to go help him. So when they go down to help him, they're like, surprise, we're still here. Exactly. That's, that's so really... smart. I'm like, Jesus Christ. But And then they like, they just like, all right, now we're going to eat him fully because y'all, y'all now know it was a trap. But, um, <laughs> yeah, like, jo- yeah, like you, you got to bring up Joker. Again, I love in the Lego Batman, um, Joker literally, like, foregoes and leaves all of the Gotham villains to stand alongside, like, the shark from Jaws, Voldemort, and Sauron, because he's like, we are the greatest villains in all of media. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man. Like, what's so like? What's some of your favorite like Joker? What's like your favorite like Joker moment? Um, favorite Joker moment would probably have to go to, um, the Killing Joke, man. Killing Killing Joke is really good. Like Killing Joke, it's just so crazy. Like the way they, and I'm talking about the movie, the animated movie, obviously. Um, I know the story is a little bit different in the comics, but just so, the way the story was made in the animated film that it's implied that Batman shot him at the, after that one final joke and he laughed at it. Like, that's just so crazy. So my thing is, like, I that movie, I fucking hate that, like, whole intro sequence. I know, with the, the with Barbara Paris Gordon. front, that whole prologue, it's so bad. And, like, that nearly kills it. But, like, that next piece is just so, like incredible like yes like the like mental that. trauma that he puts jim gordon through like oh yeah and, and jim still like powers through and he's like no I like I'm, we need to show that our way still works I'm like damn man damn i love that like throw the book at him like who are you gonna throw the book at this cry and he like throws the um book at the batman cut out like that's really good and like yeah. it's so in- it's so insane dude because like you think about like joke bats and clowns have like nothing related to each other there's no, no. there's no like there's no like myth or like thing about like bats and clowns. They just like they just you know they just exist opposite of each other. But like because of Batman and Joker, you now just know that like a bats and clowns are like mortal enemies now. <laughs> I also got to give a shout out to John DiMaggio as Joker oh in Batman God. Under the Red See, Hood. 
This is why I we need to play the Batman because I have that Batman Death in the Family story um DVD and John DiMaggio and so and it ha- John DiMaggio reprises his role as the Joker and he actually gets new monologues and stuff to do and it's oh, really that's awesome. cool. I need to see that. Yeah, like there's a there's a one where um uh, Joker um where like I in my end in my ending like um what is it um my jace like batman died in the in in that country instead of um joker yeah i mean it's, instead of uh, jason i mean and so jace so instead batman went on to pass away and then jason tried to like stay good but jason like hunts down joker but like i said my jason chose not to kill but like my jason like literally like mentally like blocked out the fact that he was killing and so he like confronts Joker on the bridge, has like an insane fight with Joker on the bridge, but then Joker has like a whole monologue how like you're just as crazy as me now. Like Bruce is gone and we're both kind of lost, but like now like we are both bonded because you're just like as fucked up as I am and you're like, Whoa <laughs> <laughs> It's really it's really good. And there's even more there's another scene where like him and Jason meet in the diner and you can have Jason like slit his throat right then and there. Yeah, that's it's, that is yeah, nuts. It's, it, yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I gotta play with you, Vex. I know you're. I know you're a big fan of John DiMaggio's Joker. Again, that, I am. That that whole secret scene is like tell the big man. I said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> Even the fucking oh. like, the, like you know when he's killing when he's when he's killing Robin and under the Red Hood, like Jason, obviously. Um, he he's trying to speak and he's talking to him about how he has a collapsed lung and shit like that. Oh man, it's just so good. Yeah. I uh, I'm trying to think. What else did I, I like? I'm trying to think. What, what what's my favorite Joker moment? I'm a huge um DC animated universe simp. I love the DC animated universe, and I love um uh Batman Beyond: Return of the Joker. Yeah. Uh, simply for that sequence of like Batman and J- Batman and Barbara Gordon, which when they go go to the old Arkham Asylum, have their final confrontation with the Joker, and it's like he's like he's made Robin like a little mini Robin. Like you you know that one? No. I don't think I've seen it. Um, it's oh, you're, oh, it's so good. It's like it's when like r- like Robin goes missing for a little while, like li- for a, for a couple months, and then like he they finally get like a package from Joker, and it's like the old Arkham Asylum straitjacket. So they go to Arkham Asylum. Joker re- Joker and Harley reveals that like Joker like mentally tortured and broke Robin, and then made him like a little Joker. And yeah. like it's so messed up. It's one of the. It's one of the. It's one of my favorite like Batman Joker monologues. Is like there's this great scene where like Batman like goes into like the Arkham Asylum viewing rooms and then like um, Joker sh- plays the footage of him like torturing Tim and he goes like he's told me secrets bats bats secrets that are of mine alone mine and mine alone to know Bruce and you're like oh <laughs> oh and then he goes he just, and see he has this great line where he's like see I didn't want to know who you were because I thought what's spoil the fun but now but now that i know you're just a scared little boy crying out for mommy to mommy and daddy i'd laugh if it wasn't so pathetic oh what the heck i'll laugh anyway and he laughs and he has that iconic joker laugh ah mark hamlin's joker is so fucking good man he that, is he's he, definitely uh, number one on my list but john so, dimaggio is a very close second see i always go by like when i read the comics whose voice do i hear yeah and i'm like it's Mark Hamill. Like that's oh, the yeah, voice obviously. I hear when I when I read the comics or when I read something with Joker in it. Like that's the voice I expect and the voice I hear. Um, I don't care what anybody says though. The Lego Batman it, movie, Lego Batman is the most savage Batman. Uh, 
wait what oh just like for just throughout it yeah just because he's the one he's the one batman in any continuity that straight up said that like you know joker's just like you wouldn't be anything without me and he's like no i'd be totally fine without you you're literally <laughs> not even my worst villain like i but i do not need you in any sense in the <laughs> end he admits to you that like you're my greatest enemy it's well like, yeah but like it's just for him to go and flat out say that is like that's the most savage He's batman like, you are nothing to me <laughs> i love the line it's like oh, yeah yeah but i have the super secret password on my back peter is it alfred Alfred the butler with two butts with two T's like butt <laughs> just, <laughs> just so good uh, trying to think uh, what, so who's who's your fa- who's your favorite Batman villain besides the Joker Scarecrow, Scarecrow. and Mr. Freeze Sca- I have always which I was about seen- to bring up because every time I hear Barbara Gordon I just think of uh, Mr. Freeze from Batman that Batman Sub-Zero yeah. movie that I showed you where he just goes which one of you is Barbara Gordon <laughs> <laughs> it's funny Mr. Freeze is actually my favorite Batman villain but um, it's funny you mentioned Scarecrow I have always wanted to write a, or at least want a story of Superman versus Scarecrow. Because I always thought that'd be like a very like yeah, you were dope talking about story that not to too tell. long ago. Yeah, I always felt like that'd be like a dope story to tell. Just like Superman facing the fear gas, or like the fear gas is laced of like kryptonite or something, and it's yeah. like Superman's like deal with that kind of stuff. That would be interesting to see. Yeah, uh, but I've always liked Mister Freeze because like it's just like dude, he's like it's such a cool uh, concept of character, like a scientist whose wife is dying, so he literally has to do like whatever he can to save her. It's like yeah. damn, he's a great villain. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. you know the so the I don't know best if I, I don't boss know if fight I've ever City. told this on the podcast, but here's a little funny story about me, everybody. Um, and I don't care how much judgment I get for this one, but as a kid. Um, you know, I had three things to believe in. I had the Tooth Fairy, I had Santa Claus, and I had Mr. Freeze. <laughs> well, four, because the Easter Bunny So, when I was really young, my mom knew that I loved Batman Sub-Zero growing up. I, I used to watch that movie all the fucking time. So... When I would go to my dad's for the weekend around the summer, my mom would buy a box of freeze pops and put them in the freezer. And I would come home and I would ask if Mr. Freeze came to visit. And she'd say, well, check the freezer. And I would look and Mr. Freeze would leave me the fucking freeze pops. Aw, that's so cute. I never understood why a Batman villain would leave me freeze pops, but I wasn't questioning it because I I got freeze pops. (laughs) I must save my wife, but also provide freeze like pops for this young lad. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, that was a little something extra that I had to believe in as a kid. That's that's so adorable. I love it. (laughs) I'm trying to think, who else? Like, who else do I like enjoy? Like from the Batman, movie? Mr. Freeze is great. Again, the best boss fight in Arkham City, hands down. Um, Scarecrow is great, but he got like shafted at the end of Arkham Knight. Oh, really? I haven't played Arkham Knight. So. Well, because like they they build it up all around Scarecrow, and he's voiced by Jonathan Noble, and he's like taking over the city, and then you don't even fight him. You like go inside Batman's brain and fight the Joker, and I'm like, oh, and then Scarecrow's punched out in the cutscene. I'm like, oh. <laughs> That sucks. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, uh, I, I'm trying to think, is there any other, like, noteworthy, like, Batman? Harley Quinn has grown well beyond just being a Batman villain. Oh, yeah, 100%. Point. She is, like, Jesus Christ, like, where she's gone to. Oh, my God. I know. I, I love the Penguin. The Penguin's fucking great. Penguin's a classic. 
Yeah, I see. I love that in Arkham's Night. If when you go to like check out like the um the uh, villain stuff and like the villain likes and the villains like confiscated like gadgets and stuff. When you go to Penguin stuff, like um Aaron Cash provides commentary on each of the villains. And when you go to um uh, when you go to that one, it goes um uh oh, you know what? In the age of like high tech super criminals and like meta humans that can lift up cars and shoot eye beams. God bless the penguin for just being <laughs> a mobster, for just yeah, right? being a regular mobster mafioso criminal. You gotta Dude, give props l- to people like that. Him and Black Mask, yeah. you know? Black Mask still has a gimmick there. It's like, ah, my face is, my mask has been burned in my face. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I liked um, I, I'm trying to think what else was. I'm, I just thought of something. Um, Fadoodle Kick. Why can't I remember it? Uh, so, oh, oh! I want to talk about the Batman trailer because I, gen- dude, Colin Farrell looks goddamn. Unrecogn- I haven't. S- I still haven't seen the Batman oh, trailer. God. It's really good. Colin Farrell looks goddamn unrecognizable as Penguin. Like, I've heard a lot of great things, and I have heard that he is pretty much unrecognizable. It's it's great because he like he Batman's like it's 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 like a fucking comic book because Batman's like beat punching the shit out of dudes in the nightclub, then walks upstairs and the penguin's like, whoa, take it easy, sweetheart. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this is really good. Like so many shots of it just look like a comic page come to life, and I cannot wait for it. Yeah. Um, moving off the Batman, we can do uh, no. We sh- Adam would never let us hear the end, so we don't mention his favorite, the Riddler. The we Riddler, gotta, of course. We got to bring up the Riddler. Um, he looks like he's gonna be fucking awesome. In the Batman. My favorite Riddler story is without a doubt Zero Year when Riddler shuts off all the lights to Gotham and he says I have if you can tell me one riddle that will stump me then I will turn back on all the power to Gotham and if, but if you don't I kill you and he drops you into like a pit of lions and shit and it's so good. <laughs> I got one. What gets wetter as it dries? <laughs> a towel. He a just towel. goes. A, a towel. I can see Gotham's in disarray and like dark, and you just walk up like, "Hey, Riddler, I got a question for you." <laughs> <laughs> it's really, it's really good. I, I, I love, I love that storyline so much. And leads, it's um, it, like that, like that was one of the storylines where I'm like, "Bro, Riddler's a goat villain." Like that's like to me, like that's what Riddler always like should be. Yeah. Going forward, like just like. That just always like I love Calm Riddler too. It's like it's really good. Arkham Riddler was also really good. I don't know too much about Arkham Riddler other than Arkham Asylum. So yeah, it's like the only one I played through all the way. Arkham City was the one. Arkham City was the last one where I did all of his challenges. Where like I found all the trophies and like I like that. that I like that because he had like Saw style rooms. He had to save the hostages. And the last one was all like he had them attached. He had like the hostages like attached to like. Ma- he had like masks with bombs strapped to their heads. If they stopped moving, then their fucking heads would explode. It's like holy shit! Oh wow! Yeah, it's really fucking cool. But yeah, moving on to other villains, it wouldn't be Hot's podcast if I didn't mention Megatron. Oh god, go take the floor, man! I know you, Megatron. You, uh, Megatron's such an interesting villain because you genuinely want to believe that he wants to make Cybertron a better place. I don't believe it's that. Just <laughs> the way no, he genuinely, like, honestly, genuinely in comics in. Like maybe not in G one, but like like the original cartoon, but like in comics, in more media like a Siege, uh, mm-hmm. Earthrise, and Kingdom, um, like you really believe that Megatron truly wants to make Cybertron a better place. It's just the way that he goes about it is the wrong way. Mm, I got, it, I got. You. I'm picking up what you're putting down. I got like you. in the in the War for Cybertron trilogy that just came out, like Megatron is seen as this champion that led Cybertron out from 
slavery essentially essentially because the cybertron the cybertronians were slaves working in mines for the quintessons who had created them and and this is spoilers to anybody that hasn't watched the uh war for cybertron trilogy if you haven't i highly recommend it but if you haven't if you haven't you don't want spoiled skip ahead a little bit Mm -hmm. but you like Megatron is led to believe that like Megatron is this character that you like, okay, so this guy was the champion that led them from the mines and made the Cybertronians what they are today. And it wouldn't be that way if Megatron didn't stand up and say, no, what you're doing is wrong. The only thing is, and you're led to believe that prime may actually be the villain in this movie <laughs> or in this series or this trilogy. And you're like, like there were points where I was watching it where I'm just like, man, Optimus really fucked up (laughs) and he just won't admit it until finally you get to the end of kingdom and he's finally able to admit that what he did was wrong. And he's finally like, even the end of Earthrise, he admits to Megatron that what he did was wrong by throwing the all spark off of Cybertron and basically dooming Cybertron by doing that was the worst decision he could have made. (laughs) But like he finally comes to grip and then you finally like, but the thing is, is just you're led to believe that Optimus Prime is still the good guy because you want to believe that, you know, Prime did what had to be done, but it yeah. just not, you know? And then not only that, Megatron is going about making Cybertron better the wrong way. He's using he's using Decepticon forces, draining their Energon just to power his own ship to go after Prime. And, like, he wants to use the AllSpark to rewrite uh, the Autobots' free will into, into forcing them to thinking like a Decepticon and stuff like that. And you're like, that's not good so it's like at somewhere down the line both these characters become something that we're not used to you you see where um megatron wants to make cybertron a better place but he's going about it the complete wrong way whereas optimus you want to believe is the good guy but he's not really doing the best of things for cybertron you know Mm. and i that's why i love that trilogy but yeah like megatron has always been the type of person like i said that you genuinely want to believe wants to make cybertron better but he just he he goes about it the wrong way (laughs) yeah again there's there's plenty of villains that like that that is like usually a staple of villains like okay so like they are like oh like like Killmonger is a great example of that like mm-hmm. someone who like he's 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 essentially right he's just his methods are very wrong yeah it's like oh it's like uh he's like saying like oh like like he is right like there is oppression there is like un- injustice all around this world but you can't go around and conquer like that's the whole point of Black Panther that like T'Challa realizes Killmonger was right Wakanda needs to get more involved in the world just not the way he wants to go about it, yeah. you know? Let's make outreach programs of, you know, going around, like, conquering it, you know, sticking around the Marvel aspects of things, we should probably go with the big the big man in purple, Thanos. Thanos, yeah. Yeah, the one, I, I'll never forget when, like, Infinity War happened. I think we told the story before, but, like, it's still, it's so good. When we all went to go see Infinity War, me, you, group of friends, mm-hmm. Thanos dust half of the universe Everyone's sad and distraught. Thanos sits on his farm and just smiles, and you just go, "Yeah, <laughs> Thanos! He did it, God! He did it!" Just completely committed mass genocide. Not <laughs> yeah. cheer for him. <laughs> I love in the What If when they talked to like, "Hey, if you just talked to Thanos a bit earlier, like, yeah." <laughs> if you give him a valid reason and say, like, look, this is why genocide isn't going to work and this is what we can use as an alternative, he'd be like, yeah, I'm all on board. 
<laughs> yeah, I found that so funny. I love that too that he still doesn't see how the plans all these He's like, No, it's all right because it's random. That's still genocide then. Yeah. <laughs> like that was really good. I like when he's talking that um uh Okoy at the end, he's like, My friend, that sounds like genocide. No, no, it's okay because it's random. <laughs> <laughs> My thing with like a lot of villains is like moving on to other villains as well, is just there are some villains out there that are just pure evil. For yeah. the sake of being evil. One of the biggest examples that I can give right now, being just off of what I've been playing recently, um, Atriox from Halo Wars 2. Uh, Atriox is awesome. As Atriox, as, as I expected, just a man. <laughs> yeah, literally has no, like, he doesn't have any reason for being, well, I mean, he does have a reason for being bad, obviously, but, like, the thing is, is that he he doesn't want to, like, conquer the universe or anything like that. He doesn't have an ultimate goal, as far as we know right now. But the thing is with Atriox is, like, it's his backstory that leads him to do what he does. And it's, like, for anybody that doesn't know and anybody that doesn't want it spoiled, you know, go ahead and skip ahead again, like like I said, because there's going to be spoilers here for Halo Wars 2. Atriox's backstory is essentially back in the Covenant's prime when they were working together with the Brutes, they would send out 40 brutes at a time to go take on enemy to go take on enemies and they were led just to be suicide brutes essentially 40 of them were sent to, were sent in they didn't expect any of them to come back until one day atriox was the last of his four uh, his 39 men to come back and because of this they you know they weren't expecting this they planned on banishing him and killing him but he straight up said no and fucked up those elites <laughs> that that tried to kill him. And because of that, it sparked a rebellion in other brutes who ended up following him. Then it eventually led to them raiding Covenant like supply supply areas and stuff like that, gathering more people and eventually became such a huge army. I love the way um Isabel is I think it's Isabel or Isabella describes it uh in Halo Wars two. She said that the Covenant had two enemies back back at that time. It was the humans and because obviously the covenant's gone now, but like they had two enemies back at that time, the, uh, the humans and Atriox and they damn near almost wiped out the humans, but <laughs> didn't even come close to Atriox's <laughs> army. <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think in, in terms of video games, I think you haven't, we haven't done yet. We, I know like we will plan on playing it, but like handsome Jack, man, from the Borderlands saga is like, it's like, I don't handsome- know too much about handsome Jack. So you're going to have to take the reins on this one. I know, like, they're much like you do with Megatron, but, like, yeah, Hanson Jack is a character who, like, is the perfect example of how you balance comedy, but also, like, intimidating, because, like, Jack is, like, Jack is cool because he con- he he talks to you all throughout, like, the game, and he's he is incredibly funny. Like, he is a very funny and very just, like, charismatic guy, and you genuinely do think, like, wow, like, this is, like, for the most part, you're like, oh, wow, this is, I'm having a lot of fun with this character. Then you get later on in the game, and Jack brutally murders one some of, like, your close friends and NPCs, and then, dis- and then does, like, genuinely messed up things. It's the juxtaposition of, like, while well, this guy's making him laugh, Oh, oh, he's actually a monster! <laughs> like, like, wow! Like, and another, and another thing about Jack is that like Jack genuinely thinks that he is the good guy. He is convinced that he is the hero of the story, and you are the bad guy. And he and he constantly calls you bandit. He calls you like the villain and saying like it's up to me to stop you. Like this very like this this very like messed up and very like 
what's the word like like supremacist view of like you know of looking down on you like and like it's just it's so cool and like it, it's it's and it leads to some one of the most satisfying boss fights ever when you finally face him and then like you find out and then like the pre sequel comes out and you find out that like Jack Jing it's it's unclear whether or not Jack was all the way messed up before what happens the pre sequel because like in when, when you meet Jack in the pre sequel he's obviously a better guy than he becomes but he still has like flex of like oh mm-hmm. I that's that's untrustworthy like he literally like literally there's a sequence where he like they're like he finds out like they find out that like the the whole point Bruce Eagle's trying to like get rid of these guys off of Jack's moon base. And eventually Jack finds that after you make a good headway, you find out they still have like some intel on you. And Jack goes, How do they know this? And one of your scientist buddies go, Well, it could be anything. Maybe they have a device, maybe there's another mole. Like, Wait, there could be another mole or spy. He goes, Yeah. Jack, after hearing that, literally takes no chances completely airlocks four possibly innocent people without a second thought and like and it's just like jack like they like they were helping us yeah but he goes yeah but one of them could have been a mole so i'm not taking that chance you know it's like is that messed up is that like his is is it like taking is you know it's it's up it's up for debate but like again because some of the characters still make their mind up about jack they then betray him later on thus sending jack further down to like the madness of of handsome jack later on in borderlands 2 so it's like it's very he's a very like he's a very complicated character and again Mm -hmm. like eventually we take you through borderlands 2 like you'll see like wow like you'll see what everyone's like raving about with like jack and stuff like that like i think uh Again, there's a reason why like he had like his mask was on like the um the uh, the cover and everything and of the handsome collection and like why he has like two games dedicated to him like handsome like everyone Adam Cole actually says that he based his promos and his character work off of Handsome Jack. That's really cool. Yeah. So like the, again, like that's the, again like we, we'll do it. We'll delve more into it when we get into Borderlands too. But like, dude, Handsome Jack is a really like, actually. I think about it. He's got three games dedicated to him because the Tales from Borderlands again. Yeah. He, again, Borderlands went from a game from having not not being too heavy on the story to having like one of the greatest video game villains of all time. Man, like Jack oh, yeah. is Jack Handsome Jack is a really cool villain, and I remember too like. It was so jarring too, going from like Borderlands One and watching the trailer and having it be all focused on this guy. I'm like, huh, like this is like really new because the last game was about finding this vault. This game is now about is now about defeating this big bad guy. And it's like, oh shit! Like it was it was really dope. Uh, trying to think, what, 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 like what, what who else? Oh, we should probably break it. So it's funny you mentioned like villains who are just evil for the sake of fucking evil yeah and i gotta bring up my favorite sith in star wars big grandpapa palpatine of course <laughs> darth sidious the phantom menace literally just a force of evil so evilly stretched across three generations i mean like what what more can you say about the guy <laughs> yeah i mean a man who's willing to go out of his way create a fucking thousand year plan and put it into action by basically like starting an entire war between the Jedi and the Sith and then organizing that as if he's playing a game of chess by himself. Yeah. Like it's like oh no. he's like literally he commands both armies and like literally like it's it's literally what like it's literally like two Jedi it's two Sith versus like 10,000 Jedi yeah. and the Sith won because it's just Palpatine planning planning planning. Uh, one of my uh, someone I know like there was this book called Labyrinth of Evil which kind of like explains like it's it's it, it's not canon anymore but like um how it worked was um Palpatine or or Sidious was in like this thing and the Jedi were like 
oh so close. They were the Jedi were like literally like a centimeter away from finding out Palpatine was Sidious. Yeah. And, but literally he goes, Grievous, can you pick me up? <laughs> Grievous, come pick me up, bro. I don't care what you're doing right now. Come pick me up. <laughs> yeah, seriously. It's so and like also like he has like some of like the coolest shit ever. Like in Revenge of the Sith, I love the duel with Yoda because it's just like it, it goes from like the them fighting in the middle thing to him just like throwing all the pods at Yoda because he's like yeah. force crazy. Um, I love him in Rise of Skywalker because like that first sequence of Kylo Ren is so fucking cool when he's just like the dark side's the pathway to many abilities and he's just like a fucking zombie. Yeah, I've like, been Jesus. every voice in your head. Like, you have ever heard inside your head and like Jesus, it's so cool. And then like flex like in the end too, when he flexes his fingers and just goes God mode yeah. and just like boom the entire <laughs> fleet. I'm like, oh my god. It's so like, dude, Palpatine is the Phantom Menace, and he probably is the most powerful Sith in canon. And I know like you probably want to go to your favorite Sith, uh, my favorite Sith student, uh, Vader. Yeah. Well, Vader is just I don't know. He's more He's not evil for the sake of being evil. He's just confused, you know? I'd say that's more um, Kylo than Vader. Like, I'd say Vader's a little bit more, like... Kylo definitely is confused, 100%. Vader's a bit more resolute, (laughs) Yeah, Vader's Vader's more kind of, like, the easily easily tempted one, because obviously going from Anakin to... To Vader, just so that he can save his wife, you know he's got he's got his stance, and you think it's the best thing that he could possibly, he, or he thinks it's the best thing that he could possibly do, but ultimately ends up killing Padme himself. Yeah. And once you go down that rabbit hole, it's kind of just like, well, I'm here, I'm gonna keep doing it. There's you know? a really, there's a really good um uh, fan theory that the reason Padme is dying is because Palpatine is actually siphoning off Padme's life essence and putting it into Vader. Oh, that'd be that's interesting. Yeah, that's a very I'm like that's a very fucked up fan theory, but it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, <laughs> as opposed to her just I'm sad and die now. <laughs> I'm to think, what's I my died f- from crying. I'm trying to think what's my favorite Vader moment. There's the fucking hallway scene in fucking um uh in uh, my favorite in Vader moment One. is very cliche, but it's it's just too good of a scene. It's in Vader Immortal when the rebels are all backing him down, like they got them all surrounded. And oh, Vader like, down! I don't. Yeah, this yeah, is Vader, Vader down. down. Um, did I say Vader Immortal? I didn't mean to yeah, say Vader the, Immortal. Yeah, I'm the, thinking of the see, game. I thought you were gonna say the Padme scene when you said Vader Immortal when he touches the rock because I do like that scene. A that lot scene too. is really good, mm. but like, like. It's that it's the scene in Vader down when the rebels got them all surrounded, and it's like we got you surrounded, and he's like the only thing I'm surrounded by is fear and dead men, and just oh. wipes them all. Like <laughs> it's Christ. so good. Like dude, like I I love Terminator Vader, where it's just him versus eighty guys, and just like he just takes them all down. Yeah, it's so good, man. I, that's I really wanted battle damaged Vader in um uh, Battlefront, man. Like, you and a lot of sick. other people, including myself. I loved it. Uh, see, you would love. You should read the Doctor Afra series that takes place after Vader, um, mm-hmm. because like you get to, like there's a great scene where like Afra is like, Vader officially is hunting down Afra and like Vader, and like Afra like she doesn't beat Vader. She gets really lucky and is able to trick him into like an ancient. 
force device that acts as like it acts as like a force confessional where it like pushes all of your guilt and everything you're guilty about on you. Yeah. And how that worked with Vader is like literally like Vader gets hits it and like Ahsoka, Obi Wan, Qui Gon, Padme, they all hit him at once. And like Afra has this great modeling. It's like here's why me and you worked so well because we're both broken. I don't know what hurt you in the past. I don't know what like is what made you the way you are, but I know pain when I see it. And then Vader just gets up and it's just like you will not be the hand that ends me and just like force repulse <laughs> obliterates this Holy fucking shit. machine he's because like he just can't take it and then, but like it's really cool because like you see like how vader's like cybernetics are actually like a hindrance and how like he doesn't like them and like also and like the fact because afro is able to get the upper hand on because you know she is a tech expert so she actually hacks into like his cybernetic things and she tells him like you know like, she's like we're and she has this great more like we are both walking broken disasters yeah but meeting you like made me kind of better so like it's weird boss but you were the best thing to ever happen to me and vader's just like there his arms are like his his, his cybernetic exposed he's just like getting up he's like i will find you you're like oh shit <laughs> Like scary as fuck. Yeah, man, that's that's insane. <laughs> yeah, again, like again, Vader's just like again, like there's just so much to love about like Vader's as a, Vader as a character. There is like, and like it's again, again, we're gonna get more. Va we're getting more Vader content yeah, next Obi -Wan. year, man. Obi Wan, yeah, like Hayden Christensen will be reprising the role, and like let's let's go, man. Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, exci I'm excited for that. Yeah, I'm uh no, again if we're talking about Star Wars, I, I'd love to throw love to the uh to the uh, sequel era because I love fucking Kylo Ren so <laughs> much. The suit, like the fact the fact that they said, Hey, we're never going to top Darth Vader. We're, you're just not. You're not going to do that better, Darth Vader. Let's make that the point of the character. And I thought that was really smart and really clever to go about. Like yeah. And it made, and it all became part of Kylo. You know, the temper tantrums, the wanting to be Vader, like that was a part of his arc in the second one, like first one. For me, peak Kylo is Last Jedi. The realization, the conflict, but then like the realization, no, I can be something new. When he fucking like destroys the mask and kills Snow, like that's the best Kylo. My absolute favorite Kylo Ren scene, though, it's actually not in the movies. It's in the comics, and it's during um the Age of Resistance special where I'm uh. Snoke takes Kylo to um, Dagobah and he takes him to the cave of darkness and he makes Kylo go through it. And it's like, holy shit, like you said, they're actually doing this. Mm -hmm. And Kylo goes to the cave, sees Luke and just decapitates him without a second thought and goes like, nah, like, fam, like, nah, like, I'm done with that. But as he goes deeper in the cave, he sees Leia and Han and they tell him, like, Ben, this isn't you. Ben, this isn't you. And then, like, Kylo genuinely can't go through with it. Like, he can't, like, take them. He can't cut them down. Yeah. And so what happens is you cut. we cut back to Snoke inside, outside of the cave, and then, like, you see the entire cave just shudder and just collapse because Kylo destroys the entire cave. And then Snoke goes, I was going to bring other students here. And then Kylo goes, you won't need any other students and just fucking walks off. <laughs> like Jesus Christ, man. Kylo Ren, man. He's literally like considered like one of the greatest villains of like the 2010s. And it's like, I yeah. like again, Adam driver just fucking ate that role, man. He's so, so he's good. such a good actor. Yeah. He's got the, I want to see that night movies in like the last night, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think he fights fucking Matt Damon in sorts. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I'm not too sure about it, though. I'm trying to think of some other, like, villains in terms of, like, movies and such. Mm. Like, I was gonna I was gonna give a special shout-out to a joke. Uh, he, he's not really a joke villain, but, like, 
it's just the idea of it is is what gets me, and I think it's hilarious. Uh, Hades from Disney's Hercules. Oh, I love Hades. Oh, dude, we could definitely do Disney villains. Dude, Hades is awesome. Like he's yeah. generally he's generally kind of like funny and like also kind of t- intimidating. It's like- just what gets me about James Woods as Hades is that. Disney had the chance to book the almighty Hades and be like, oh, I am the great big Hades of the underworld. But instead you got like, you got James Woods who literally just showed up and was like, hey, I'm a Hades. I'm from the underworld. You get what you get. <laughs> like, I love the scene with Meg. He's like, he's sweet. He's honest. Oh, my God. He's a guy. Yeah, he's a guy. <laughs> he's, <laughs> like, he's a guy. What do you mean? <laughs> He's like, he's just straight up. He's like, thought you, uh, thought you stick around instead of working yourself to death. And he starts laughing about working himself to death. He's like, uh, or no, the, there's a scene where like Zeus says, "I thought you would stick around for the party." And he's like, he's like, well, I can't. I got too many things to work on down at the underworld, which you so willingly uh, bestowed upon me. Thank you very much, but I can't. Love to, but can't. <laughs> <laughs> Love to, but can't. Uh, I'm trying to think who else we we got in terms of like uh great like movie villains. Um, hmm, there's a lot, a lot there's a lot of horror villains on there too, like the Alien, um, Michael Myers, stuff like that. Michael Myers is just has become such an interesting character to me. Watching all the Halloween movies, I didn't talk about it that much when we were when we had Tim on because we kept derailing a lot. But like mm-hmm. Michael Myers as a horror villain is just so interesting to me because he's literally just a man. You know, he's just a murdering man. <laughs> are, are we sure about that? That he's just a man? It, it's a little bit more apparent that he is more than just a man because he's surviving a lot of things and he can't be killed and stuff like that. But like, it's just, it's just crazy to me because he's just essentially when you boil it down, he, you would think he's just a man in a mask, but he's not, he's more mm-hmm. than that. But like ultimately, and this is, this is going to be spoilers for Halloween kills. I know we've dropped a lot of spoilers going on in this, in this episode, but like, I got to talk about it. The thing is with Halloween kills that I love so much is that you, it really hammers in the fact that, you know, you think that he's after Lori, but he's not. He could give two shits about Lori Strode anymore at this point. <laughs> he just wants to kill. That's it. <laughs> he wants to kill. He wants to go back to his house and stare out of a fucking window. That's all he wants to do. And I thought that that was really good writing on that part because like, really delves into what Michael Myers is. A lot of people could be like, oh, you know, he's doing it because he hates Loomis. He's doing it because he wants to get Laurie Strode. He does not care about any of that. He doesn't care about Loomis. He doesn't care about Strode. He doesn't care about any of the, like, the originals, like Laurie Strode's daughter and stuff like that from Halloween Forge, stuff like that. He doesn't care. He just wants to kill because he's (laughs) fucking psychotic. (laughs) You know? I got you. I got you. Trying to think of like um, trying to think of like other like just like I'm trying to think of now like TV villains. I mean like uh, like we've also had as well. Um, I find it funny like we're, we're we're both big fans. Oh, I know one we can always go with. Um, uh, fucking um, uh, Mr. Leahy, Trailer Park Boys. Yes, <laughs> such a yes. fun. That's a great villain, just like comedy wise. Leahy's such what? a good villain because he's the type of person that just gets so fucking shit faced. You think he can't get anything <laughs> done, and then he does. He's Every like, single time. 141 proof straight up. Fucking wasted. 
That was one of Malik's favorite plot twists, everybody. Anybody that doesn't know Trailer Park Boys, there's an entire season where Leahy is off of the booze. He's done with booze entirely. He's going around drinking water bottles <laughs> the entire time, the entire season, stuff like that. And, you know, Randy gets a little bit worried about him because he's been talking about liquor and how he likes the taste of liquor and stuff like that. He just doesn't want him to fall back into it. And then all of a sudden, uh, we come towards the end of the season and, like, he, he evicts Ray from his from his lot and Ray being Ricky's dad everybody but like he evicts Ray and Ray finally spills the beans and says that is straight up vodka in his water bottle <laughs> and he's like I don't know what you're talking about and stuff like that and Ray, and he tells Randy to try some and he goes to grab it and Leahy hangs onto it and it squeezes the bottle and it split, sprays all over the place and it hits Randy so Randy takes a sip and he goes this is straight up vodka and, he, and Leahy <laughs> just straight up looks him dead in the eye and goes you damn right it is 141 proof I'm fucking wasted bud <laughs> <laughs> it's so good so, the Trailer Park Boys had a couple, like, interesting villains. You had Leahy and Randy, and then you had fucking Sam Lasko, the fucking caveman. Yeah, Sam Lasko, the fucking <laughs> caveman. There's there's more to come, too, that you haven't even seen yet, like gotcha, the fucking yeah. retired military vet and stuff like that. <laughs> Leslie Dancer. <laughs> who's, the, who's the one, um, fuck, what's that? What, who's the one that, There's um, a point where Barb becomes the main villain. Oh my god! Um, who's, who's the one that like? Oh, Cyrus! Cyrus is the one thinking of the Cyrus guy. Cyrus is like such there. a joke of a villain in that show, though. <laughs> but he he always gets shitted on in that yeah, show. Yeah, let's just fuck Cyrus. Yeah, fuck um, Cyrus. It's for good reason. Trust me. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think of anyone else. I'm forgetting. Well, yeah, that's all I remember from like Trailer Park Boys. I'm, uh, yeah, I think Leahy's like the most like constant over. Again, I love when. Leahy's, well, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, of course. I love when he just like lost his shit and like literally like ne- tried to kill um uh, Ricky. <laughs> yeah, literally like like who didn't you like like shoot an arrow? You see him running off in the corner with the, no un- with underwear. And that's it. Wait, what? Oh yeah, yeah. That was when uh that was yeah, that was when he was really cuz like this is a, this at this point in this season, Leahy literally has nothing. He he doesn't he's not trailer park supervisor anymore. He's losing Randy with every second that he fucking hangs around him. He's he lost Barb because Barb wants to marry Ricky and he still has feelings for Barb, his ex-wife, everybody. Um and it's just like everything's going full Ricky this season and you're like you're happy for ricky but Leahy <laughs> is literally losing his goddamn mind because <laughs> you just can't process having ricky be on top <laughs> uh another thing we another thing we can go into um we can talk our favorite pro wrestling heels our favorite wrestling villains oh yeah yeah that'd be another thing we can go to um i'm gonna go right off the bat and i'm gonna say uh fucking uh kevin owens as a heel was like Damn, like 27... Kevin, Ho- Kevin Owens, when they booked him, and this is the thing that, that gets me with Kevin Owens that really sold me on the, on this guy. I only knew about Kevin Owens by name when he was Kevin Steen. I never really seen any of his matches. I was just mm-hmm. told that he was really great, and I never understood why until he made his debut at NXT. Oh, God. When he made his debut in NXT at this point, you it's just the way the story was booked is that Sammy had been trying and trying and trying 
to fucking get the NXT title. He finally gets it. And within 10 minutes of celebrating with Kevin Owens, he just fucking betrays him and kicks his fucking ass. And then they get into a huge wrestling match that gets so fucking bad on Kevin Owens' side that the ref literally had to call it for Sami Zayn's safety. He he won't stop powerbombing him, right? Like, that's the thing. Like, he just keeps powerbombing him. Like, that's it. You win. Just take the belt and go. Yeah. Like and just like Kevin Owens, another is another like character. Who I felt like you could. He was so funny, but also like was a genuine just like threat. And he has, to my in my mind, the greatest NXT main roster call up to date because he gets called up with the NXT title, goes and faces off against John Cena, yeah. who has the U.S. title, power bombs him, and then steps on the U.S. title. And like and and holds the NXT title up aloft and says like this is like this is me this is who I am this is better. this is what's important and then we get to elimination chamber where Kevin Owens beats John Cena clean yeah. you're like whoa and like sure enough like bro like this is a guy like this is the at guy at this point like, in time like obviously anybody who's a wrestling fan now knows that NXT is kind of equal w- with the main roster now but but this was back during the time where NXT was supposed to be developmental they mm. were these were supposed to be guys like. John Cena was supposed to be better than Kevin Owens. He's not by any means, in my opinion. Well, John Cena is really good, but like, um, I I just think Kevin Owens. Yeah, I just think Kevin Owens is better. But like, gotcha. You're led to believe via storyline that you know NXT is is not supposed to be this big superpower, and then Kevin Owens comes in and goes, "No, I am a big fucking superpower." Yeah, just like (laughs) fucking destroys him. Uh, I was I was I was a big uh I was I was a big Bobby Heenan guy. Bobby Heenan's like Bobby Heenan's so good on commentary and just like yeah. the fact that like the fact that he was so charismatic but also knew when to make himself look like an asshole. Like I was talking to um uh, my uh, my partner's father um uh, a, a few while a few uh, a little while ago and like I forgot what mania it is but when Bobby Heenan comes out on the camel backwards, <laughs> so good. <laughs> Uh, it's it's so good, and just like the fact that like it, the fact just by by association, if you are with Heenan, that you were hated, you were an asshole. Like um, uh, like um, WrestleMania three, the build up for that when Andre comes out with Heenan, it's a big deal. He's like, bro, bro, that's Heenan. What are you doing with Heenan? Yeah. <laughs> like I like, like Hogan. Hogan's promo cuts very like when I when I saw you with him, I knew he was different. Cause you don't stand with him. <laughs> like, oh, it's so good. Like, Eden was just like so entertaining. Like, oh my god, and me and a- me and Adam were watching like 1992, like Royal Rumble. Uh, oh, like a while ago, and like Heenan's commentary is so fucking hilarious because it's one, it's one of the most one sided, so pro Ric Flair, but so yeah. like it can, but so great that it, like continues the story because like uh, Roddy Piper comes out in the Royal Rumble and like helps Ric Flair during the Rumble and like and and uh, um, Heenan goes, "I love you, Roddy. You're a man's man. I've never made fun of your kilt. Your kilt looks awesome, Roddy. Thank you, Roddy." Then Roddy betrays Ric Flair, and Heenan goes, "I." I hate you, Roddy. How dare you? That kills a freaking skirt. <laughs> it's so good. Oh my god, Heenan was so good. Yeah, man, he's a fucking classic. Uh, I always Jimmy. love classy Freddie Blassie, just nice. because. Just because he would just go around and call people a pencil neck geek. <laughs> it's just such a good insult. I don't care who you are. Fucking call somebody a pencil neck geek. I'm gonna laugh. <laughs> I, I, I know another villain who's like. I don't know if you see. It's so weird. Not really a talker, but just like a 
physical presence in WWE, like in heel, like is Walter, man. Yes. Walter just he just stands there. And Walter's you think, just oh. a fucking menace. Like, <laughs> he's like, such oh. a menacing figure, and he's just somebody that as soon as his entrance music hits, you're like, oh my god, this person's getting <laughs> fucked up. Like I love in the feud with Champa, he had like his he had the Imperium like holding Champa down. Then like he um uh, he ripped Champa's daughter's necklace off of Champa's neck. He goes like, oh, adorable. Then tosses it to the side and then chops the <laughs> fuck out of Champa's chest. So like, good. oh my god, you're a giant monster. Yeah, I fucking love Walter, man. Yeah, That's, he's he would literally be the only reason that I would watch NXT UK. Like, but like, oh, like oh my god, I don't even I, he doesn't he doesn't have the belt anymore. And that's not that's not dissing NXT UK. I know there's a lot of talent on there. Don't get me wrong. I know. Hey, I hey, know, you just upset me and the two other people who watch it. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a. I know it's good programming. I just I I love Walter, man. <laughs> yeah, well, Walter's great. Again, I'm not sure what the plan is. Walter says that he doesn't want to move to America. Yeah. And I figured that that'd be a big deal for like you know NXT for him to go to the main roster so it would be for him to move to America. But he says he doesn't want to. So like. I don't really know what Walter do. Like, oh my god, if Walter went back to the indie scene. <laughs> if Walter went back to the indie scene, I would try to find a way to follow him, like yeah. follow his matches, just because I want to see him. <laughs> Dude, you, you know? should check out. You should, you should like check out like some of Walter's matches and stuff, like Tomohiro Ishii. Like, I'm just, I'm just imagine like Walter get against like Moxley today. <laughs> like, oh Jesus my Christ. god, uh, he like the I things... would love for Walter to be on AEW. Not on AEW, just like because Moxley does the indie route like a lot. Well, yeah, I know that too. But I'm just saying, like, I personally think Walter would be great on AEW. Like, he would he would be really good. Can you imagine fucking Walter versus like Lance? What was it, Lance Lance Archer? Yeah, Lance Archer. That'd be so good. That's that's another person who like uh, just like has been like really working. Like again, AEW has one of the best heels going right now, MJF. Oh yeah, MJF Jesus. is so fucking great. Jeez. Adam actually just sent us a compilation of some of oh his most God. asshole moments, and my favorite one still is that ca- is this cameo that he made to a fan where he was like, "I heard you turned thirty something." I forget. I think it was like thirty five. He's like, "You old piece of shit," <laughs> straight up. And he's just like, he starts talking about how he's into Dragon Ball Z, and he goes, "Yo, you like Dragon Ball Z, don't you?" The I, who's the person that he's with? Wardlow. Wardlow. He's like, "You like Dragon Ball Z, right?" And he goes, "No." I fucking hate that shit. <laughs> and he's just like, you know why we don't like that? Because we're because I'm not a weeaboo piece of shit. Come and come, come and go, come fuck, go yourself. fuck yourself. <laughs> so, so good. good. Um, and he just he never breaks character. No, like he does literally, not. literally, like a kid, a dad brought his kid to meet him, and Jeff just flips off the kid. Like, oh my yeah. god! Like, I he calls I, like, him angle biter. I want to meet like MJF so badly. Like he, Me like too. Th- some of the stories from his meet and greets are incredible. Like, like oh my god! Like apparently, like some kid walked up to him in a like well not walk but some somebody not kid but someone rolled up to him in a wheelchair and, he, and literally he went, "Hey, my life's better than yours. Want to know why? Because I can do this." And he stood up in front of him. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ, that's not okay. It just makes me think back to the days of like um uh Ted DiBiase. Ted DiBiase oh, used to do Ted. the most evil thing to children where he would call them up on stage and tell them that if you could bounce a fucking basketball like 10 times in a row, that he would give you so much money. And then he would just put his fucking foot out on the last dribble and fucking kick the ball. Fucking away from love the, it. Like, love it's it so, so evil. 
I'm trying to, who else was like a great like heel back then? Like, there's one big one we haven't brought up that literally like changed the game for wrestling. And we're gonna get to that in a little second, but like another big deal, um, big favorite of mine was just Macho Man Randy Savage, like his descent into madness and becoming mm-hmm. a heel. Like that is to this day like one of WWE's like greatest intentionally booked storylines. Just like art imitates life, like. Macho Man is genuinely concerned that Hogan is trying to steal his like girl. He's trying to take Miss Elizabeth, you know. And then like you know, he he fucking like he he betrays Hogan. He like fucks up Hogan. You know, the mega powers explode. Like it's just, I think it's like a year of storytelling, but it's just so well done and just like oh my god, yeah. Macho Man just sold it so because his promos were so intense. But then he's just like like Hulk Hogan, man. What a, you like? You say you love Elizabeth, brother, and that's I know your life. It's, like, oh, <laughs> it's so good. Like, oh, my God, the Mega Powers exploded. Such a good storyline. Um, Chris Jericho also had, like, a hell of a, like, heel run in AEW yeah. when he first won the title. That was incredible. Like, again, one of the first, like, we were there for his first, like, title defense against Darby yep. Allen when he um uh, when he, he fought when he fought Darby Allen in that street fight. He had Hager come out of the inner circle, would come out and jump people. Um, I think it was the week after when, like, they had that giant brawl in the crowd that went to the concession stand. It's so well done. Like, oh, mm-hmm. my God, it's so good. Like, Jer- and Jericho just like, kept cutting all these great promos. He's all like, people, I will not defend my my AEW world title against. Um, he's uh, Paige, Diamond Dallas Paige. <laughs> <laughs> and just kind of went down the list. Um, it was just, it was so good. The Judas Effect's a great fucking finisher, and I love it. Again, like, AEW, Chris Jericho is just like, damn. One like, of the best heels at WWE will always have going for them is randy orton and i have to bring this up as well because not only is he a fantastic heel but adam again would also kill us if we did not bring up randy orton oh yeah definitely again randy's great again like when the the legend killer gimmick just like worked like again like works so well which is beat up old men (laughs) it's like so you know like i think one of my favorite segments is when he's talking to like eric bischoff and eric bischoff's like he's like starting to go hey eric like you've done like a lot like i have you've achieved so much yeah it's like you 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 ran a company you did the imposter challenges man i did that i guess that make you a legend right and he's like yes it would oh no (laughs) (laughs) and then randy just rkos him right then and there even to just go from the legend killer to the apex predator that he is now. Oh my know? god! We just became like a homicidal maniac. Yeah. There was one thing I missed that they took off of the WWE um, uh, network and that old WWE website. I went back when I was a kid, I would go on there. It literally had a list of all the victims of the legend killer. So it said like all the people that like a Randy Orton had like gotten in. Like so, it had like Mick Foley. Uh, I think it had. Jake That's still one of my favorite hardcore matches is Mick Foley versus uh, Randy Orton in two thousand and four. Oh, so good. Well, my favorite remains uh, McFoley and Edge in 2006. Oh, yeah. That that one will always remain one of my all-time favorites because that's, like, the first hardcore match that I ever watched. Nice. Getting into wrestling as a kid. Yeah, yeah. And then, again, I think we got to mention, like, the one, probably, like, one of the biggest, like, heel turns of all, and that's, like, Vince McMahon. Like, when, yeah. Vince, when Vince McMahon, like, got outed by the Montreal Screwjob and became the, the, the villain of WWE, like, that literally, like, changed the game. Like, it did, like, because it, it just worked so well, because it was just, like, it, it's literally that one guy that nobody likes, and that is your fucking boss. And you know what's great, too? Like, you know when he cut that promo of, like, Brett screwed Brett? Apparently, Vince thought that was a babyface promo, genuinely. <laughs> he genuinely thought he was in the right in that promo. It's like, nah, fam. No. Like, 
But like, um, what's like your favorite like Vince McMahon like moment from the Attitude Era? Or just like ruthless aggression or whatever. Ah, uh, you know what it is. What is it? Oh, Royal Rumble 2005 when he broke both of his foot when he tore meant, both of his hands. I meant in storyline, not like not like that's okay. So fun fact about that one, he actually tore the one quad in that, but then he tore the both other of his one. quads. That's what I meant. I said his hands. No, he he tears one quad in the ring and he tears the other quad backstage. Oh my he, god! Because he tore the quad in the ring and he sits down. Then he goes to the back and he goes, "I walk it off. I walk it off." Which that's a very Vince McMahon thing. Walk off yeah. a broken a, a torn quad. Then apparently like, they clear like an entire hallway for him all you hear is uh, uh, ah! <laughs> in the hallway. but just like it's such a funny ass fucking story that like you know in royal rumble 2000 for anybody who doesn't know in royal rumble 2005 the i don't think they ever decided who the winner was supposed to be was it or it was no it was supposed to be batista batista was supposed okay. to win so it was batista and john cena were the last two in the royal rumble and batista was supposed to win and what ended up happening was John Cena and Batista both eliminated each other. It's it's no by it's accident. Gen, it's genuinely crazy. They land literally at the exact same time. Completely it's by genuine, accident. It's it's incredible. And <laughs> it gets it becomes such a big controversy because the ref doesn't know what to do and they don't know what to do. That Vince McMahon himself comes out. And he's getting ready. He he's walking up. You can tell he's already pissed. He's trying to do a strut, but he can't because he's so angry about how it went. And then just fucking gets in the ring. He slides into the ring, tears his quad, and just goes down. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, he tries to stand back up and then just ends up sitting down and just he has his hands on both hands on his hips, and you can tell he's just so fucking pissed it is just so fucking hilarious I look at that scene and I'm just like that is one pissed off man <laughs> John he can't he has no way to blame so he's just mad at himself at this point for tearing his own quad John Cena actually thought he was gonna get fired that night he genuinely <laughs> thought like this is the end of my career like this is it for me that's so <laughs> great is, um, my favorite Vince moments um, I think it's caught I'm caught between like two um, the hospital with Vince with Stone Cold. When oh, I love in, that. When he's in the head, he's like, oh, I'll take him here, nurse. No, no! I just beat the shit out of him. It's like, I'll get your face. It's so comedically well-timed. My favorite Even, Vince McMahon moment in story, that's a tough one to think about. Keep talking about that while I think the, about it. The other one I love is when WrestleMania 22 and his hardcore match with Shawn Michaels. It's when he's, he's it's when he's, he, he's in the, he's in the back of his family and he goes, you know what? He's with Linda, Shane, and, and Steph. He goes, you know what? No, no, no. We're going we're gonna to do a McMahon family prayer. And they're all like, um, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> and they all get on their knees. And, and Vince goes, God, I don't like you and you don't like me. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie, Stephanie opens her eyes and goes, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> There's another good one. Oh my god, this one is great. I remember watching this one live. So maybe it, it was so hilarious. Um, Vince is in the ring. This is when Vince is in his feud with DX, and Vince is in the ring cutting a promo. And the chain goes, "Dad, come on, we gotta go." Stephanie's in labor. What? Stephanie's in labor. We gotta go. We gotta go. And then Vince goes back, and then Vince goes, "How how dare Stephanie go into labor right now? That that, that bitch." <laughs> <laughs> Where is he? Take me to him. Take me to him, son of a bitch. Oh, my God. Vince McMahon. <laughs> what a card. Oh, my God. I, 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 I genuinely can't think of my favorite Vince McMahon moment. There's it's, so many. There's so the, many good ones. 
the tag team with God <laughs> backlash. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh. I think I think probably one of my all time favorites is when when he uh when you when he finds out that he has an illegit that he has a leg, uh, an illegitimate son and he's trying to figure out who it is and it turned out to be Hornswoggle <laughs> so do you know originally who it was supposed to be Mr An- uh well I say Mr Anderson it was supposed to be Mr Kennedy right yes and the storyline with that was going to be insane really Yes, like the story. So the whole storyline of that was going to be that Mr. Kennedy was going to be was going to be revealed as the illegitimate son. They were going to have that whole story of Cornswoggle. Then the Vince like di- the Vince would have died. Like remember the car bombing that would have happened. Like Vince yeah. would have then like died in the car bombing, um, and he would have been quote unquote dead in the storyline. And it would have led to like Triple H and Mr. Kennedy being in like at war for the control of WWE because Mr. Kennedy was saying I'm the, I'm a McMahon I I'd like deserve to like take control of the company while like Hunter and Stephanie would have been like in a, like in, like no like we've already got this it, it would have been that it would all culminate like a big old like main event match between Mr. Kennedy and Triple H at WrestleMania and uh and there the battle for the control of WWE and at the end of it it would have revealed that like Vince McMahon would have come out with a mask and unmasked himself you're like I'm still alive and I'm like Bro, this sounds insane. <laughs> but like Kenny had taken too many drugs, and so he got suspended. He didn't get it, and then we got Hornswoggle. Vince McMahon <laughs> fought a president. Yes, he did. <laughs> that happened. Oh my god! Uh, I'm to think. Any other villains? I think we've been going for a while. But any other villains we should bring up, or like, is, is you think that's it for the show? Like, I, I think I, I think we talked a decent chunk. I mean, obviously, yeah. we got plenty of podcasts to come. This is our episode 25, where there's only many more to come we can always talk about more villains that we missed yeah 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 sorry if we hit it we didn't hit any of the villains that you guys may that you that you all may like um yeah. you know there's sure. obvious there's a lot of big villains out there like fucking skeletor shredder and stuff so, like that you know we just don't know, know too let, much let, about let, them. Let, let, know what? let's do that real quick i would like to mention skeletor i actually did want to mention skeletor before we cut out i love skeletor because he literally skirts the line of being like threatening and embarrassingly embarrassingly <laughs> incompetent yes <laughs> like literally the he-man show like masters of the universe gets it so right when you first see skeletor he um uh he literally like go, he literally like like they, they go to Cra- castle grayskull and like the and like the woman with like the, i forgot her name but like the woman with like all the power of grayskull is there and literally Gra- not she-ra um uh. someone else like it's she's like like an old like sorcerer or something like in castle grayskull she's like dressed like a bird woman i believe i can't remember her name but like skeletor shows up and he's like he was in disguise like it is i skeletor master and he just gets fucking blasted immediately <laughs> i'm like yes that's skeletor and i'm like do you do you care about spoilers for the show no so like spoilers for masters of the universe skeletor so like literally like so in the beginning of the show he-man dies like he gives his life in the final battle against skeletor and he-man and skeletor quote-unquote die and then like um we and then after that like the magic fraternia is like almost gone there's like barely any magic left and like we then fast forward a few years tila is going on the journey to like bring back um the magic to eternity and all that stuff Mm -hmm. and they eventually do go to um uh, heaven. I forgot what I know. The Subternia, Eternia, and I forgot what the other one's called. I think it's Paternia. I, for, I forgot what it's called. It's the Heaven version. They they actually meet Adam there because he did die, and they take Adam back to Eternia, and he 
goes by the power of Grayskull. And he, like, he's back. He's officially back alive in the final episode. Literally, as he's saying that, um, Evil Lynn was with them on the journey because she wanted to get, like, she wanted to, like, bring the magic back as well. So she was with Tila on this journey with Orko and everyone. Um, literally, as Adam's about to, like, say, by the power of Grayskull and, like, literally, like, bring back the magic, Skeletor pops up and stabs him <laughs> and says, yeah, nah, fam, I was in Evil Lynn's staff the entire time. I hitched a ride for the entire show and now I'm popping up at the end to seize power. Thank you and bye. <laughs> and literally, like, becomes, like, the ultimate, like, god being because now all the magic in Eternia is now back and now it's all inside Skeletor. And now Skeletor is now the master of the universe. And it's it's just so funny to me that Skeletor literally hitched a ride for the entire plot, then went, oh, shit, now's my time. And just he just stabs Adam right in the back and goes, <laughs> I win. <laughs> it's so funny. But, yeah, that's that's my last villain, Skeletor. <laughs> yeah, this was, this was a very good episode. I, I enjoyed yeah, this a lot. I yeah, hope you I guys enjoy it as well. Yeah, if if we didn't mention a villain that you liked, tough shit, make your own podcast. <laughs> we got plenty of episodes to discuss any villains that you guys like. Yeah. Of course. We, no, um, we can always make Within like, the confines of us of our knowledge, obviously, because there's or, a lot I, of stuff we don't watch. I would love to like talk about like more villains after this. I would love to talk about like say like for instance like Bowser. We didn't talk about oh, Bowser, yeah. did we? Bowser would be no. a fun one. The man just wants love. <laughs> 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 the turtle man just is gonna be played by Jack Black. I know. That's fucking great. But anyway, thank you everybody for joining us on episode 25 of Hot's a Podcast, an official episode number three of Boo! It's a Podcast. Boo, 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 boo. We will be, I think you're going to get like two episodes next week. Yeah, so I was actually just about to bring that up because we want to get you guys excited for this. We still, like, don't think that this is the last episode of Boo, It's a Podcast because it is not. We are actually... Just to get you guys all hyped up, we're recording one more episode to release on Halloween night for you guys, just yes. to get you guys really hyped up for Halloween. Yes. So keep an eye out for that, and to be sure to follow us on whatever so that you get notified about the update. Follow us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, Spotify, all that. That way you get notified, and then you won't miss out, because we're, we're going to think of something awesome for this one. Yep. To yep, finally yep, finish yep. off, boo, it's a podcast. The boo, it's a podcast saga continues. Tyler will take a shit for you on stream. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell me, make, I will. Yes. How you, again, it's like I said, how do you expect to make money if you don't, won't shit your pants on stream? <laughs> <laughs> That's a discussion that we had before we started recording. <laughs> yeah. I had to work it into the podcast somehow because I made a post about it on, on our Facebook. Did I'm you? Like, oh, my God. <laughs> Yeah, I made a post about it. And I thought, shit, we should probably like, we should probably like make that like a like a, a thing. So to clarify shower. that post, everybody, basically what happened was Malik had gotten in the shower and gotten done his dishes and everything like that, and he was ready to go. Um, he calls me and he's like, "Where's my invite for what we for clean feed? What we record on?" And I go. I'm like, well, I'm sorry. I had to take a shit. It was either I don't. It's either I shit or I shit my pants during the podcast. And Malik was like, well, why wouldn't you shit your pants during the podcast? Like, if you want to, you want to make some content, you want to shit, you want, you're going to want to shit your pants. I'm like, well, excuse me for not wanting to be uncomfortable for however long we record. Mm, mm, mm. And that's where that came from. Gotcha. 
but yeah, like I said, we hope you guys enjoyed it. Uh, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, everything, like uh, all your podcast platforms and everything like that. And we will see you guys for our Halloween special episode. Boogity boo. <laughs> <laughs>